Thanks for joining us and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we will bring you true and inspiring angel stories, as well as modern day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Watchman on the Wall podcast. Today I have a special treat for you. We're going to have a couple of angel encounter stories from a book called Where Angels Walk by Joan Wester Anderson. And our first story is called The Tow Truck Angel. Now there was a big storm in the Midwest of December 24th of 1983. The Midwest was shivering with record cold. Tim and his two roommates, Jim and Don, were driving home for Christmas. As they were driving from Connecticut to Chicago, which is an 18-hour drive, the boys briefly stopped in Fort Wayne, Indiana to drop Don off. A few miles outside of Fort Wayne, on a rural road, the engine got sluggish. The car came to a frozen stop on a small incline. They were alone in the dark and on a back road, and then they say they have never been so cold. They kept trying to start the car, but it wouldn't start. They were bone-chillingly cold, and they began to pray, God, you're the only one that can help us now. They were so cold and numb, it was almost impossible to stay awake. In the dream state, they saw some headlights flashing at the car's left rear. Miraculously, someone was knocking on the driver's side window. Need to be pulled? They were in disbelief. It was the tow truck driver. Yes. Oh, yes, thanks, they replied. The driver was wearing a furry parka, hood, and a scarf up to his eyes. The driver nodded at their request for help, but never spoke. Tim was thinking how strange it was that he didn't see him driving up. It was going to cost him a pretty penny for this, Tim thought. The driver, after hooking them up, was driving back into Fort Wayne. He passed two locked service stations until they found a payphone that they could call Don to let him know they were coming back. It was late and the Christmas lights were long been extinguished. They saw Don's welcoming street in Fort Wayne. The driver maneuvered carefully around the cul-de-sac and pulled up in front of Don's house. Tim and Jim raced to the side door where Don was waiting. They tumbled into the warm kitchen, safe at last. Don slammed the door against the icy blast and yelled, Hey, what happened? Tim interrupted and said, The tow truck driver, Don, I have to pay him. I need to borrow. And then Don said, Wait a minute. I don't see a tow truck out there. There parked at the curb was Tim's car, but no tow truck. There was no sound of the release of chains that pulled them, no sound of a door slamming, no sound of an engine pulling away. Then Tim saw the 
tire tracks in the windblown snowdrift. But there was only one set of tracks to the cul-de-sac, and it curved up to the house. And they belonged to Tim's car. There were no tow truck tracks anywhere. Now that's the kind of story I enjoy. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Our second story is entitled Angel in the Cockpit. David Moore and his wife Florence discovered in July of 1971 that Florence's mother was dying of cancer. They lived in Yoakum, Texas and Florence's mother in Hendersonville, North Carolina. After one trip, David decided to leave the car in North Carolina for Florence to use, and he took the bus back to Texas. It was the worst idea I ever had, he says laughingly. 48 hours of riding and listening to babies cry. He couldn't afford to fly, but he didn't want to ride on another bus. Fortunately, the following week, Henry Gardner, a friend of David's, called and volunteered to fly David to North Carolina in his Cessna 180 airplane. David accepted but was nervous as they taxied down the runway because he had never flown in a small plane. After about half an hour, they ran into fog. Henry reassured David that everything would be okay. All we have to do is watch the towers and we can tell where we are. Well, he was right, but the fog got worse as they continued. Outside Jackson, Mississippi, the plane's radio instruments died. Now the pair couldn't see anything on the ground and they couldn't talk to the control tower. Then the fog lifted for a moment and they could see an airport down below. Henry quickly landed within minutes and they found an airport mechanic. Relieved, the two men grabbed a quick lunch and then they were back in the air. Everything went smoothly for a while and David's tensions diminished. As they traveled northeast, they could see Atlanta off to the right. But as they passed Greenville, South Carolina, a fog once again turned into a continuous gray mass. There was just enough visibility for Henry to clear the first mountain range. But as they looked off into the distance ahead, all they saw was a solid wall of fog. Our field is closed because of fog, the air traffic controller responded, and we have no capability for instrument landing. Return to Greenville and land there. But I can't, Henry protested. We're almost out of fuel. We won't have enough to get back to Greenville. There was a silence. Then, okay, the radio voice said. We'll get the ground crew ready. Come in on an emergency landing. David gripped the sides of his seat. How could they land? The fog was all around. We can use the aviation maps just as we did before, Henry reassured David. After a brief scan of the blueprints, they began a blind descent. The airport should be below them, but what if it wasn't? 
Suddenly a voice came over the radio. Pull it up, pull it up. Henry immediately pulled back on the stick. As they did, they saw a small split in the fog. And instead of the airport, they were right over an interstate. If they hadn't had descended just a few more feet, they'd have struck a bridge and have certainly crashed. They looked at each other. They were almost out of fuel. There was thick fog all around and it was impossible for them to know where they were. Henry tried descending again, but almost hit the top of some trees. They were in a dilemma. Where could they land? Then with enormous relief, they heard the controller's reassuring voice. If you listen to me, he said, I'll help you get down. Go ahead, Henry radioed back in relief. The controller instructed, come down a little. Now over to the right, down a little bit more. David ripped the seat and prayed intently. Thank God the controller could pick them up on radar despite the airport's instrument problems. Fuel was now on E. The voice calmly said, not so fast, easy, easy now. Raise it up a little now. No, you're too far left. But all of a sudden the controller said, you're right over the end of the runway. Set it down, now. Obediently, Henry dropped the plane through the fog. They could now see the runway ahead with lights on both sides. Within minutes, they had touched down. David had tears of gratitude and relief in his eyes, seeing Florence standing at the end of the runway. After a prayer of thanksgiving, Henry keyed up the mic and said to the controller, thanks so much, you probably saved our lives. But the controller's response shook them. What are you talking about? We lost all radio contact with you when we told you to return to Greenville. You what? Henry explained. We never heard you again, and we never heard you talking with us or anyone else, the controller told them. We were stunned when we saw you break through the clouds. David and Henry just looked at each other. Who guided them through the grayness and onto safe ground? They never knew for sure. But even today, David never hears a small airplane without thinking of that flight. I know now, he says, that as unimportant as I may be in this big world, God always has his eye on me. He sustains me through the storm and the fog. We'll be right back after this message. Are you looking for a good quality used car, but don't want to pay an arm and a leg? Well, come into Rainy Used Cars. We have the largest selection in the Southeast. Whether you want a pickup or a quality SUV from mom, you'll find a variety of vehicles to choose from. We even finance. So come in today. You'll find a Rainy Used Cars located near you. Well, again, thanks for listening. 
And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a like. We welcome any comments you may have as well as suggestions or recommendations for future stories. We ask you to subscribe so that you'll be notified of any future episodes. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast.